the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There's a message true and glad for the sinful and the sad. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. It will give them courage new. It will help them to be true. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring out. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Redeeming the Time. I'm your host, Chris Macy, and I'm so glad you could be here with us today. Well, it is um, May the 8th uh, here this afternoon, N- not too much longer, and the, the golf tournament is going to be here. If, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm, I'm part of a group where we're putting together a charity golf tournament. We do this every year, and it's going to be at the Troon North Golf Club in northern Scottsdale, and, and uh, th- this supports the Copper Basin Bible Camp uh, up there in Prescott, Arizona, as well as the OCJ Kids Foster Care here in all of Arizona. So two wonderful things that helps children out in a lot of ways. You may think, well, how's a camp help kids? Well, it get for the summertime, you know, school's over with for a lot of kids. Some kids don't have the ability to go off on vacations with their family every year or, or have uh, all these different sports activities, so they're they're left with nothing to do but you know sit around and stew. And we know what happens when kids just sit around and do nothing; they get themselves in trouble. So Copper Basin Bible Camp, and there are tons of camps, but the average price for camp for a week in most of these places between seven hundred to over a thousand dollars a week per kid, per kid. Copper Basin Bible Camp. We strive to keep the cost as low as possible. I think it's uh, $180 or $190 per kid for an entire week. An entire week. That's it per kid. And we have scholarships. If you uh, don't have the funds or the money to pay for these things, let us know. And uh, there are uh, folks who who supply a scholarship fund for for the kids to be part of that. And so this is a great thing. And, And the golf tournament also helps toward these things. And so that's what this is all about. So if you're interested in that, please let me know. Give me a call at 480-818-3807. Or you can email me at chrismacy, C-H-R-I-S-M-A-C-Y, at outlook.com. And let me know if you're interested in the charity golf tournament at True North. Okay. Let's get into the program for today. I want to talk about understanding we want to understand things and what i mean by that is if i ask folks uh, and there, there are certain people i know for certain if i if i needed to know when are the arizona cardinals going to play their next football game or i guess you know in, in this case and in, in the here and now uh, when are the uh, diamondbacks going to play their next game all i have to do is go look up their baseball schedule right and it's going to tell me not only the time but the place and who they're playing. And, and that's how everyone in the entire world can go to the same place at the same time, whether it's on TV or at, at the, the stadium, which wherever it's going to be played. Everyone can be there because they know they're going to play. 
It's like when you turn on the TV to watch the game, you see the, the, the stands are full of people. How? How did these people all know to be there at that time with the right jerseys on, cheering for the right team? Because they read and studied ahead of time, and they have understanding. And they recognize what the words were telling them. So they were asking and seeking and knocking after a particular truth, and they found it. How hard is that? Well, it's not. It's not. Now, those are simple things, but there's other truths that sometimes takes a little bit more study, right? A little bit more uh, uh, know, know-how. Like one of the things I, I know for certain, I need to uh, change the oil in my truck or in my van every three months or, or th- 5,000 miles. Uh, I think it's, some say 4,000, but I do it every 5,000 miles. But I know I need to do that. And there's a particular way I have to change the oil. And there's a particular oil that's best for my vehicle. And there's a particular oil filter I need to put in those vehicles. And in the beginning, I didn't know how to do that. I had to look it up. So I did research online. I had to watch videos. I I went and talked to mechanics. And I had to do some research to make sure I did it all right. And then even when I purchased all the stuff and I brought it all home, I would have things printed out sitting there just to make sure, okay, I do it just right. I don't want to mess this up because, you know, this is important to me. It's my vehicle. I paid a lot of money for it. I drive my family around in this. And so I go through the steps. I want to make sure I have the right understanding. And I work through it. Even when I was done, I was like, okay, let's make sure I get this right. But the more I did it, guess what? The better I got at it. And and actually, you know what? A better illustration of this for for the sake of uh, the, the program is, uh, for me, computers and, and technology. I love computers and technology. In fact, that's, uh, that's what I used to do. I used to do a lot of computer tech support. I used to build computers. I would help people. And I still do do that today. And I have done that enough over, over the course of my life, and I'm talking 20-some years now, of working in computers, and not just software, but hardware and programming and map making and all kinds of stuff, that I, I'm pretty confident in my abilities. People around here at the North Valley Congregation are pretty confident in my ability. They'll, they'll ask me to come help out with something. And if I don't know the answer, I know exactly where to go to find the answer. And I can help them out. One of the things I did once was something I'd never done before. was a big, I think it was like a 50-inch flat screen TV. They had lost the, the ability to turn it on. But over, I asked them some questions. They go, okay, well, what, what was the... When did you start noticing you weren't able to turn on the TV? They said, well, you know, a couple of months ago, we would, we would turn it on, and it wouldn't be in 1080, the, the, you know, the high definition. It, would, it, would, it just started getting worse and worse. The picture looked worse and worse. And eventually, it started getting to a point where we had to push the power button multiple times before we would come on. And as soon as they said that, it, it dawned on me, I know the problem. It's the capacitors. Capacitors hold energy on those things, and... I was able to take the whole TV apart. I uh, used a soldering gun to take the old capacitors off, soldered on the new capacitors of the same size, and the TV worked great. How did I know that? Over time, I worked at it. Now, you may be thinking, Chris, you're going a long time on this illustration here and all these illustrations. You'll see why. But my, my point on this particular one is that over time of working at it and studying in these things, I got to a point where, man, I can really dive deep in some truths about computers and technologies that most people don't know. The same is true with the Bible. If you study properly and accurately, 
and you do it consistently over a long period of time, you're going to know a lot. And you're going to be able to uh, discover truths that most people can never find because they're just not there yet. Throughout the Bible, throughout the New Testament, we constantly hear Jesus and others talking about having understanding. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 13, verse 13, he says, Therefore I speak to them in parables, because while seeing they do not see, and while hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Jesus knew that. Look, they're, they're not where they ought to be. They are unable to really reason through Scripture, the words I'm giving them, to understand it. Matthew 15, verse 10, Jesus called the crowd to him, and he said to them, Hear and understand. Understand what it is that I'm telling you. Verse 16, that same passage later on, Are you still lacking in understanding also? What? He's talking to his disciples. How can you not understand this? You've been with me so long. You should be beyond this now. Come on. Verse 17, the very next one. Do you not understand that everything that goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is eliminated? It's pretty an obvious thing to, to, to know and understand. Later on, chapter 16, how is it that you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread, but be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees? He's talking about spiritual things. Uh, on and on and on. Uh, chapter 22, verse 29, Jesus answered them and said to them, this is where the Jesus is talking to the Sadducees, who did not believe in a resurrection. They had that illustra uh, illustration about the, the, the wife whose uh, husbands kept dying and she kept getting remarried and no one had children. And then they asked, okay, in the resurrection, whose husband is she? She's married seven different people. Oh, we got him. So Jesus answered and said to them, you are mistaken, not understanding the scriptures nor the power of God. In other words, there is a way you can understand and know scripture. It's not... It is not, oh, I have my faith and you have your faith and we're all okay. It's not that. And I know a lot of folks out there believe that. And maybe you're listening right now and you think that. You think that everyone has a different interpretation of Scripture. That, no. I mean, they, that may be so, but it's not what God wants. Even Jesus, throughout the New Testament, is getting on people. Why do you see this incorrectly? There's a particular way God wants you to see it. Throughout the Sermon on the Mount, mainly in chapter 5, he's telling people, look, this is what you've heard taught concerning God's word in the Old Testament. You've heard it was said. But I say to you, here's the intent of the law. This is what God wanted you to see. You didn't understand, your teachers didn't understand it, and therefore you don't understand it because you took on their teaching. So I'm trying to set you right on the on your understanding of the truth. How do all the children in the nation ask the same thing of their mothers? I want this cereal because of that toy. How do millions of moms throughout the world make the exact same recipe on the back of that cereal box? I'm, you know what I'm talking about? Rice Krispie Treats. It's, how do they know? Because they're following a particular pattern. They're reasoning rationally. They're drawing conclusions based on drawing from the same evidence that they have. We need to employ those same common sense rules of interpretation to find authority. You ask questions of the text in the Bible. Is there a 
statement that says this? If not, is there a binding example? Or maybe it's implied. Uh, just like how Jesus was asking the, the Sadducees to reason from the scriptures. And so let's start by first going to John chapter 1 in our New Testament. I want to turn over there right now. Why is this so important? Because people are misusing God's word today. Greatly misusing it. There is something that God wants us to find in scripture. It's the truth. As Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. When he talks about asking, seeking, and knocking. You know what? In fact, let me hold off on that. I think I will go over to that in just a moment. But first, let's do John chapter 1. I want us to reason through this together a little bit. Now, I want to focus in on verses uh, 9 to 13, but let's start in verse 1 for the context. I think once you hear this, you'll, you'll recognize it. You've probably heard it before. John opens his gospel with this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. The light. Now, let's stop there for a second. So far, we can reason from that second part is that John the Baptist is not the light. It's something else. It's someone else. Pretty obvious. Verse 9. There was the true light, the genuine light, the one that really is what God uh, was going to send. Uh, so there was a, the true light, verse 9, which coming into the world enlightens Every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. So, so here's, here's the first group. So of all man, mankind, here, the world is a particular group, and they did not know him. They heard his words. They saw what he did. They were talking about how the world reacted to Jesus and rejected it. He came to, verse 11, he came to his own. And those who were his own did not receive him. That's going to be the Jews. Did all the Jews reject him? No, but in general, yes. I mean, the, the majority of them did. And so they rejected him. They, they, and they're the ones that are supposed to know the Old Testament, but they could not reason and understand through it correctly enough because they had their own preconceived ideas in their minds. And so they missed out on the greatest gift from God. And so they rejected him. So you see this group getting smaller. So you got the entirety of men. You got the world. And you got down to his own. Uh, Verse 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. Now let's stop there. So here's another smaller group. These are those who are going to be saved. Don't, don't Don't get confused. Recognize and understand what's being said. He gave those who received him the right to become children of God. Okay? I have uh, uh, the right to do a lot of things. Sometimes I don't take that right. 
All right. Uh, for example, let me think. Oh, yeah. The, the other day I was at a stop sign, and I could tell, uh, you know, one of those four-way stops, I could tell a lady looked kind of confused by that. And so when I came to the stop, it was my turn. I'd been paying attention. She hadn't. We were the only uh, two, two left there. Recognizing the problem, even though I had the right to go next, I reached up with my hand and I waved her to go on through. I had the right, but I did not take the right to do that. Jesus gave these folks who have heard his word, who received him into their hearts, not received him in the, in the sense they were saved, but received his message, and they, Jesus gave them the right to become children of God. But now they've got to act on that right. Just like he said, again, back over in the Sermon on the Mount, those who hear these words of mine, Jesus says, and act on them. So they receive the word, but they got to do something. He gives them the right to become the children of God. Even to those who believe in his name. Simply believe. Okay? Verse 13. Who were born, not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. The conception is belief. They've heard, that's receiving the word there. And then, that's conception. Then when you're born, that's when you become a child of God, I think. And I want to show you why I think that here in just a moment. But first, let me show you why I think that's the, the word of God. Let me reason through that with you. So let's head over to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse 22, Peter writes, Since you have, in obedience to the truth, purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. For you have been born again, not of seed, which is perishable, but imperishable, that is, through the living and enduring word of God. Okay? So how are they born again? By the word. See, they received it. They heard the truths from God. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. The word was God. That is, we know from verse 14, the, uh, the word became flesh, Jesus. Romans 10, 17 tells us, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. It's Christ there. I know it, some translations say God, that's fine, but it's Christ, Christos in the Greek. And that's what he's saying here in 1 Peter. That's what he's saying in John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. The belief, the conception there is receiving the message. As many as received me, Jesus says. They need to receive him, his message, his word. Okay, now let's see, we got, oof, we're running low on time. Let's go to... Oh, uh, John, let's go ahead and just jump over to John chapter 3. I want to make sure we have time to work through the passage. John chapter 3. The very first, uh, verse 1. This is where Nicodemus comes to Jesus by night. It's uh, for 18 minutes. All right. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Now let's stop there for a second before I get to Jesus' first answer. What does he do? What is Nicodemus doing? He's reasoning. 
he, he's heard the message, he's seen the miracles, that's the signs that Jesus did, and he reads in his mind, hey, God is with this fella. See, and that's what Jesus kept trying to get the Pharisees and Sadducees to understand was, if you don't believe me, believe the signs you see. Come on, man. Use your, use your understanding and reasoning here. And Nicodemus is. Hey, you couldn't do these things unless God was with you. So that means there's something about your message. So he, he, he shows right off the bat that he has the ability to reason and reason properly. So Jesus, Jesus is going to give him something. He's like, all right, good. Now let's see how well you reason. I'm going to give you something. And let's see how well you can reason through this. Jesus answered, said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you. Now, uh, maybe your translation says, Verily, verily, I say to you. What he's saying there, whenever you see that uh, phrase, uh, Truly, truly, I say to you, what that means uh, in, in the Greek and in the English, what he's trying to say is, Hey, listen here, I got something I want to tell you. Pay attention, just like you do with your children. And remember, Jesus, you know, he treats us like the children because we are very lacking in understanding compared to him. And so it's like what I do with my kids. When it's important, a lot of times I tell my kids something, I just say it. But if it's something I really want them to understand, I say, hey, look at me. Look, 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 look. Uh, eyes front, put your eyes on my eyes. Are you paying attention? Good, listen. And that's what Jesus is saying. Pay attention to what I'm about to say. This is very important. So here it is. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now that's pretty important, don't you think? Because if you really want to go to heaven, you've got to be born again. So I want to be born again. All right? I'm sure, and so does Nicodemus. We all do. That's what we want. We want to make it into the kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? So he, he, reads, he understood what Jesus is saying, but he's seeing things from the physical sense, not the spiritual sense. So he's a little, he's not fully understanding there. So Jesus is going to help him out. Verse 5, he answers, Jesus answers, Truly, truly, I say to you, here's another important statement for you. I, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. You understand that. We know that. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but do not know where it comes from. And where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Now, my New American, uh, New American Standard Translation capitalizes the word Spirit a few times in there. And that's because they believe this is the third person of the Godhead. The Holy Spirit. You know, the Father, the Son, the, the Holy Spirit. I don't think that's what Jesus is saying here. Now, I do believe there is a third person of the Godhead. Don't get me wrong. But what he's saying, I think, is he's talking about the Spirit being... Uh, not just our spirit, but his own spirit. Remember, even Paul says later in Galatians, For I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What Paul is saying there is not that he physically died, but it spiritually died. And it's no longer Paul's spirit that's living in him, but the spirit of Christ, in that he is transforming and renewing his mind to be like Christ. And 
So you could say that Jesus is telling him, you need to listen to my message and act on it. Now, you're, you're believing it, but you're missing a few things. And so you need to be born of the spirit and of water, or of water and spirit. But it's a birthing process. The conception happens when we hear the word of God and it pierces the heart like it did in Acts 2.37 for the people who heard the message of Peter. And they were pricked to the heart. And then they asked, brother, what must we do? And then he went on and told them. So you must be born of the spirit. That's the believing part. You believe. Now that's conception. So you're now in the proverbial womb and it's growing. The, the word's growing in you. But there has to be a birthing process. Some people, they receive the truth, they begin to understand, and then when they recognize the cost of truth, what do they have? An abortion. Because they don't want that child born in their lives. They don't want to make that change. Because that means they've got to change everything about themselves, and they have to die and be born again. And they don't want it. The being born again here is of water. Now this is where it's, it's hard for a lot of people to, to accept. This is talking about baptism. That's what it is. Now, does baptism literally, the water that your dungeon save you? No. It is an obedience to the word of God. Because God told us to do. Just like with uh, Nahum, when he went to Elijah to be, be healed of his leprosy. And he told him, okay, he said to his servant, go dunk yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Oh, why do I need to do that? Because God told you to do it through his, his servant. Just do it. And fine, I'll go do it. And he was healed. <laughs> I know a lot of people don't like the idea of baptism being part of salvation, but it is because God told us to do it. If we want to have a clear conscience, it's part of the birthing process. Not that, that the literal act of baptism saves you. God does that. But you do it out of an obedient faith. It has to be an obedient faith. And you're not saved until you do all that God told you to do. When Jesus said, all those who hear these words of mine and act on them. In other words, you're, you're, you do what I say. These are the simple things. Later on, it's going to get more tough as you, you dive deeper in the word and try to find the understanding of that. And that's all part of the transforming and the renewing of the mind. And getting rid of the old man, the old self, and being like Christ. It's always a conception first and a birthing process next. If we all reasoned in our, our way through the word of God like this and did this every day in our studies, in our Bibles, we would have greater and stronger understanding every single day. You would be amazed how quickly you start to grow in your ability to reason and understand through anything in life because of how you approach the word with reasoning and understanding. Let us do that. Let's do it together. When you approach uh, your studies in the Bible, get rid of everything you think you know and just read the text and ask the questions. For example, with any of the letters of Paul, what is Paul's point and how did he develop it? And let us make the most of every opportunity. Let us redeem the time always, for the days are evil and the time of Christ draws near. Thank you very much. Bring it out. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.